Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. And here we are. And uh, boy, oh boy, what a day. Dory really above and beyond mom wifed today with an incapacitated husband who, let's be honest, everybody, was peeing out of his butt all day. Wow, you really just went there you know, right I off just, the bat. I had to tell the audience because we give him the real real here at the show. Mm, well, I'm kind of bleeding. What? Is, what? what? <laughs> From my little mishap outside of your office door. I, I want to uh, tell everybody Dory's not bleeding. I am. There's blood there. No, there isn't. And there's a br- big bruise. There will be a big bruise because you do you do have the very sensitive external layer. Yes. Where it's like, even if you like bump into a doorknob, you'll have like a nine mile uh, nine mile bruise. What? Yep, nine mile bruise. Doesn't make any sense what I just said. I'm hallucinating a little bit. Also, <laughs> this all started Friday morning. Um. With the aforementioned symptom. And 
I just assumed, oh, this is uh, your classic case of uh, food poisoning. This will go away pretty quick. And then I proceeded to go play golf in the heat, uh, which I managed to get through. I drank probably two and a half to three liters of water, one Gatorade. But then like on like the 10th hole, there was a little bird that was like walking towards me. And I kind of hallucinated and I thought that the bird was a tiny robotic golfer, like with full um, 1910 golf clothes on, like a little bagger Vance. Just, you legit saw that? I legit saw it and legit was like, but what I, I was like, I'm not going insane because my first thought wasn't little magical people. It was tiny robot. Wow. Yeah. So... <laughs> After that, we went home, and Dory and I watched What We Do in the Shadows, finally. We got to see three episodes from season three. Finally. My new car- favorite character is the jalopy, and uh, <laughs> looking forward to what entails uh, there. So then in that evening, I had I forgot to, I didn't eat in the morning, or in the afternoon, <laughs> or in the evening. Mm-hmm. And um, then I got, I ordered some cauliflower pizza from a place in Los Angeles called the Cauliflower Pizza Kitchen, which is your classic uh, restaurant, Postmate restaurant that doesn't exist anywhere but on Postmates, you know, your, mm-hmm, your ghost mm-hmm, kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I got that and I was like, I just need some real food in my, in my tummy. And uh, I ate that and it was, the food was, when it was hot, oh boy, was it, it was pretty good. And then... You know, I didn't really think anything of it. And I went to bed. And then I would say the next day, I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't feel so bad. I, was, I thought I'd be sore. I thought I'd be, you know, just, uh, what are other words I thought I would be? A mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt okay. And I don't remember yesterday very much. Oh, we had to get COVID tests. Which I was like, this is convenient timing for my butt. So, we all got COVID tests for Henry's preschool. Dory was like, only the parents need to get tested. And I was like, I don't think so. I think literally everybody needs to get tested, included Henry. So, let's all go together. And we did. It took a long, long time. And then Dory got an email from the head of the preschool. It was like, no, no, silly gooses. Only the parents. Smiley face. So, Dory was totes right. It's true. Uh, She told me so. But she doesn't gloat like me. Anyway. Um, I don't because I'm a mature person. One would say that just sending the screenshot in and of itself was gloating, but that's beside. No, it wasn't the gloating. Point. It was. It was. Hey, look, I was right. Like we. Oh, that's a gloat. No, it's not a gloat. It's just All a right. fact. Whatever. What are you gonna do? Start making tiny robot golfers? I mean, maybe. Okay, so then uh, we. What else happened that day? What did we do with the little guy? Besides, take him to COVID town. Uh, take him to get the test. Um, oh, we kept wanting to take him to the park, but we didn't. But I was very surprised that Dory, I came home from getting Bobo, because Bobo had a rare Saturday visit, and I was very surprised to see Dory and Henry in the pool. Oh, yeah. Because I'm usually the one that takes him in the pool, even though Dory's the certified swimmer here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I First thing I noticed was all of the golf balls that were out there were no longer out there. They were in the pool. And the second thing I noticed was Henry demanding Dida Gump. Yes. He, well, he 
he wanted mama to get the golf balls first yeah. and i was like no way and why because i didn't want to <laughs> oh i didn't realize it was an option with henry because i feel like we just do what he says um speak for yourself dita get out and then he was like dita golf ball and i was like yeah well we can ask dita if he wants to get in when he gets home and then he was like dita gump which is jump mm-hmm. and i was and then he's like dita bathing suit yeah he really wanted me to get all suited up for it and everything and, and i then, was just like look that's up to dita and i was like but i have to go to the restroom and i'll be back shortly and then i went to the restroom and i peed out my butt yeah that was the thing and then i was like oh, i guess we need real food and dory was like well let's order some food then where do you want to order from i was like i don't want to make the decision you make the decision and she's like i don't want to make the decision because you're on like a diet and i'm like yeah but i can find something some meats she's like well what if i got sushi i was like well then i try like a beef teriyaki or something she's like okay so she selected a place we ordered it at 6 10 p.m at 8 20 p.m dory had a lovely conversation <laughs> with our postmate uh so, so it turns out it took Virginia uh, so long with our order that uh three postmates attempted the quest two found it to be uh too tedious and retreated two postmates showed up and their food wasn't ready and they were like we're canceling this order <laughs> and they left but one, one stood above all, and he rode a bicycle, and his name was something. Luis. Luis. He talked to the hostess. He found out the hostess knew that two people were there before our order. Never really looked into it. Finally looked into it. What time did the food finally arrive, honey? 9.20. No way. Yeah. So nine, three hours and 10 minutes after our food arrived, or, or was ordered, did it arrive and then i ate a couple of skewers of chicken and like a beef and then i went to bed and proceeded to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to pee out my butt dory, yeah. dory was up reading a kindle mm-hmm. at three o'clock in the morning then i went back into bed then i got back up like two or three times i left bed for the last time at like five where dory had finally turned off her kindle and then I went and slept on the couch. And then this morning, got Henry up. And uh, the COVID test negative, in case anyone was wondering, for all of us. And uh, and then when I was, it changed Henry in the morning. And I came in and I was like, I need help. And then Dory, you know, to her credit, she popped right up like a spring chicken. Uh, begrudgingly helped her husband. Thank you, honey. Dory, to her credit, popped right up. Like a spring chicken. Begrudgingly, begrudgingly helped her husband. I did not begrudgingly. Look, I put all the words out there, and it's up to the listener or reader, because obviously we're going to print all of these into a book someday. It's up to them to interpret. Um, and then Dory left with Henry, like a champ, and I decided I need food. I needed food. So I was like, I'll get some, I'll get a breakfast sandwich. So I got a breakfast sandwich from La Brea Bakery. And then 
25 minutes after that, I was like, mm, I don't think this worked. And then I started with the cold sweats and uh, peeing out my butt. And then Dory did a pretend telemedicine with me. I figured out that I needed to take some Imodium. So I went to Rite Aid, got some Imodium and some Gatorade. And I had been, I've been in bed since 11 a.m. or so. Um, and uh, slowly starting to feel better. And essentially better now enough to do a podcast with Dodo for all of you eggheads out there. Hmm. That is the tale of the tape. That is the tale of the Although, tape worm? Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's a dream. Oh, in case anyone's wondering, yes, maybe, because I've since Friday I've lost eight pounds. Honey, don't say that. What? That's how much water has gone out of my system. I know, but like... Well, you said it might be a tapeworm, so I'm extrapolating know, upon your bit. I know, but... Maybe... Don't have bits then if okay. you don't want me to proceed with them. All right. Because I'm just such a master improviser. Um, Andy and I had a very funny conversation today on uh, via text. And I'm going to read it from you for all of you. If you don't like uh, any humor about peeing out of your butt, you will not enjoy this run. <clears throat> uh, Andy's like, hey, can you, do you want to watch Shang-Chi tonight? And I wrote, I can't. I've been bedridden with food poisoning or something all day. And I wouldn't want to poop in the theater. He goes, oh, no. Do you know what it was from? I go, I don't. Really can't figure it out because I didn't really have anything that Dorian Henry didn't. And he's like, are you sure it's not something else? I was like, by chance, I had a COVID test yesterday for Henry's preschool. So sadly, I'm just nauseous, (laughs) peeing out my butt. He goes, huh? And I go, peeing out of my butt. (laughs) He goes, no, I got it, Andy. Oh, he goes, no, I got it. And I go, my butt, Andy. He goes, I understand. All liquid diet. Yes, I'm following. <laughs> Nothing solid coming out of it. Yeah, no, I get it. It's like a water park down there. Right. Typhoon Lagoon <laughs> out my butt. I hear you. Matt. <laughs> I could draw you a picture if you think it might help. To be honest, <laughs> I, I am still a little unclear. <laughs> And then I wrote, well, what is coming out of my butt is very clear. And he goes, wait, what is it? And I go, third base. (laughs) And then he questioned that. And I said, see, there used to be this thing called vaudeville. A popular comedy duo came out called Abbott and Costello. He goes, no, I get it. (laughs) I was like, they had a very popular bit about a baseball team. Yeah, I know. You had... You see, having been invented in the mid-1800s, baseball was still very popular in the 30s and 40s. Uh Uh-huh, sure. And some of the players would have very unusual names. No, I understand. For instance, the first baseman. Yes, who's on first? I wrote, exactly. Fade out and scene. (laughs) And then Andy goes, but I have more questions. And then I wrote, this is heard over the credits. Then in the post-credits, we finish the bit. And Andy wrote, and Nick Fury enters. And then I wrote, and shoots us both and leaves. <laughs> wow. <sighs> it was really a good time. By the way, funnier than I thought it would be rereading it. I know Dory was like, this really is dumb. Please stop. But I was like, no, no. We're going to press on. <laughs> okay, what's next? Well, um, 
I was just going to tell everyone about my and Henry's little trip to Descanso today. Oh, talk day. Yeah, talk day. Um, he, he, we, he's like, we, there's a Japanese garden at Descanso and it's like his favorite. And we went to it first and he sat down on a bench so he could watch the fish and the turtles and he ate a snack and it was just like, we sat there for like 20 minutes and he just was like eating his little puffs Mm -hmm. and cheese puffs chickpea cheese puffs or something and his bar and pointing at the turtles looking at the fish it was just very like it was just very sweet he's very sweet basically he was having a grand old time being an old man yeah yeah exactly that sounds like you know that sounds like my kid yeah yeah anyway we had a good time um, but before we take a little break, mm-hmm. let's just remind everyone that we do have a Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash excellent adventure. Um, you can email us at Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory Gmail. And our phone number is 413-461-BABY, where you can also text us. Please do get in contact with the show. Maybe we'll answer your question. Chances are we will. Thank you all very much. We'll be right back. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. 
I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know uh, stripes on the top of it. it's like oh hey look at me i'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person they've got those too and they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff you know if for all you frill seekers out there folks all i'm saying is you heard me talk about bombas for years now i don't know why you haven't done anything about it get comfy this spring and give back with bombas Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right, we're back. No updates on my butt. Thank you. That's good. No news is good news when it comes to your mm-hmm. butt. Um, well, we haven't done a book portion of the podcast for a few weeks, so I figured why not bring it back? Okay, well, I'm, I'm here for it, you know. Darlene wrote in to say, I'm a longtime listener of the pod who purchased Dory's book in audio version. I only did this to support Dory because I do not read or consume audiobooks anymore. Ever since I started listening to podcasts, I lost the ability to get slash stay interested in books. I was having some technical issues streaming a podcast to listen to, and I remembered that I had Dory's book. Thanks for waiting. Downloaded. And then this next sentence is in all caps. Mm-hmm. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Wow. Okay, back to regular Thank regular you. case. What a captivating, honest treasure of a book for any late to the milestones female of our generation. And how exciting to get to listen to Matt and Dory's origin story in such detail. Fast forward <laughs> to the today. Where Matt is peeing on his butt. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for your next book, Dory. Tomorrow I will be purchasing your first book. Oh boy. Reverse. Grab them. Darlene, who is in 400 square feet with two adults and one Henry-aged boy. We are temporarily downsized from 1360 square feet while our house is under construction. Four hot dogs in 2021. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for reading Dory's book via audio. Yeah. Thank you for having Dory's book read out loud to you. Thank you also for just like supporting me and being an honest to goodness person who's like, you know what? I'm not going to consume this, but I want to support. And then you got to accidentally have to consume it. A fun surprise where you actually enjoyed it. So did you love it? She did. How many times? One, two, three, four loves it. Yep. Lovitz, Lovitz. John Lovitz. All right. Dory's book portion is temporarily suspended. We now move into the email portion. Okay. From Anonymous. Hi there. I'm writing in to hopefully help with the listener, questioning her no deoxyribonucleic acid embryo. Typically, a no DNA embryo reports due to some kind of error with the biopsy sample. Perhaps not enough tissue, etc. does not necessarily mean that the embryo will be abnormal. In my experience as an IVF nurse, I would say it's about 50-50. As far as once rebiopsied, what comes back? Generally, normal or abnormal? The biggest thing to consider is that the embryo now needs to be thawed, biopsied again, 
and refrozen, which poses a slight risk to the embryo. I would say hopefully you trust your doctor, will trust their opinion on whether the risk to the embryo is worth it. And I hope that helps. That's from Anonymous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, Anonymous. I mean, it is a lot of stress on the thing that only knows how to be frozen. Yeah. <laughs> when you put it that way, and it's just a collection of cells. <laughs> True. Yeah. Unless you're in Texas. Oh, boy. Pew, pew. Wow. Um, all right. We heard from a different anonymous on, a, on another topic. Hi, Dory and Matt. I know I'm a week late in responding to the HR person who was asking about what infertility benefits would be meaningful, but I wanted to add something that's been helpful for me. I have a small amount of infertility coverage through my employer, $5,000 a year for the treatment of infertility. Under my insurance, any tests to diagnose infertility are covered under my main medical benefits and have a low deductible and no annual maximum. After my insurance tried to use 2000 of my $5,000 annual maximum infertility treatment benefit to cover my HSG test, the test to see if your fallopian tubes are open, my employer finally helped me get a patient advocate at my health insurance company. The advocate is someone I can contact directly about any insurance-related questions, and they've gotten to know me and my infertility benefits very well, unlike the general customer support people at my insurance company who either knew nothing about my coverage or told me to be grateful that I had any coverage at all and that I should stop fighting with them. I think patient advocates oh, are more... Oh, man, that's just like... Very annoying. Uh, just boring dystopia. I think patient yeah, advocates are more common for people going through cancer or other complex and other long-term, and, uh, and long-term health issues, but I was so grateful to have them help me through all of my medical claims for infertility, and I would highly recommend that other employers offer this to their employees going through infertility. As you know, infertility is such a draining and emotional process and no one needs the added stress of dealing with medical insurance customer service representatives who know nothing about infertility or your coverage. Thank you so much for continuing to make the podcast. I wrote in earlier this year about sperm DNA fragmentation and really appreciated the advice I got from you and also from your listeners. I'm currently nine weeks pregnant with our first science baby. Oh, yay. And I'm hope. Oh. You're welcome. And I'm hoping this babe sticks around so we can meet them in April. Me too. 3,000 square feet in Minneapolis with me, my husband, our two-year-old lab mix, two cats, and one science baby on the way. Still no hot dogs this year. Wow. I feel like Minneapolis is a brat town. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I've never been to Minneapolis. I have, and I love it. I've heard it's great. I would like to have spent more time there. Um... Thank you. It's where I first had, I've said this before, I'll say it again, macaroni and cheese pizza. Thank you. Oh. I believe we played the Varsity Theater in Minneapolis a couple of times. Always great. Love Minneapolis. I've always, I've always wanted to go to Minneapolis, but never gotten around to it. You know, I used to tour around. I know, you the, did. With the podcast. Yeah. And then do some comedy. I used to open up on the road for some folks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm just uh, almost 40. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old who I barely saw today because I was peeing out my butt. Has Getting Matt, old is a lot of fun. Has Matt mentioned that he has been peeing out his butt? I mean, if the episode is not called Peeing Out Your Butt, Dory did a good job by resisting my urge. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, I feel like people should know what they're into, <laughs> getting into. Well, they should also know what they're into. Maybe they listen to this and they discover something about themselves. Yeah. Uh, 
like the fun new character trait of Craig Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay, guys. Are you ready? Yep. For the next one? Yep. This is from Jocelyn. Dory's going to read it because she's better at it. Wait a second. I could take over midway through if That's you'd like. That's a trick. All right, I'll start. Um, hi, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. I'm a longtime listener, second-time emailer. When I emailed you a couple of years ago, I was just starting our fertility treatments, and now I have a beautiful six-month-old science baby. I'm a crossover listener from the next conversation, and I'm seriously... Thinking about joining. Go ahead. The president's circle, because I need somewhere to dish about Voyager. The United That's what you'd hear if you were in the president's circle. But you're not. So we gotta get out of here. Okay. Wow. Matt is really having fun with the soundboard Matt tonight. is a little loopy. Yeah, I see that. I figured I'd have no reason to write in again, but the topics you're discussing recently that are relevant to me just keep piling up. I'm hoping to send out a postpartum signal. While I know this podcast is focused on fertility, I've learned that the ability to crowdsource information from the excellent adventure community is truly invaluable. So here's my issue. I had my daughter in March after a rough 48 hours of insufficient contractions when I developed a placental slash uterine infection Mm. that resulted in an emergency C-section. The following week, I was hospitalized again for postpartum preeclampsia. Even though we were ultimately safe and sound, I've had a little bit of trauma responses from the birth-like hyper-awareness and tiny flashbacks, and it's taking time to feel confident as a mom. Anyway, a few weeks after the birth, I started to experience some skin irritation on my arms and legs. I attribute it to dehydration, lack of lotion, maybe even stress. My whole body felt kind of felt icky, so that made sense to me. However, months went by, and it didn't get better. I finally went to a dermatologist a few weeks ago, and he prescribed some sort of topical cream, one for the arms and legs, thinking it is folliculitis, and one for a rash on my belly, thinking it's ID infection. I've been super careful applying these because I'm still breastfeeding, so I'm pretty cognizant of what I put on and when I don't, of when I put it on and when I don't. The thing is, although the outward symptoms are fading, I still feel the irritation and almost like it's always on the verge of returning in full force. Mm. I went back to the dermatologist and he basically said, stay the course. I get the feeling he's not sure what to do with me. As he mentioned, he's never heard of someone having folliculitis for so long. Seemed a bit confounded. I feel like it's possibly anxiety related. Is that even possible? So I'm hoping you can send out the postpartum skin irritation signal. Does anyone have any experience with this or leads I can follow up? Now, I must... Hang on. Let's just address that section because it seems very different from the next section. It is. Um, okay. First of all, I'm sorry that you had such a traumatic experience. I, as someone who also had a somewhat traumatic birth. Tell me about it. But not. I was more traumatized. Matt was definitely more traumatized than I was, but I, it it was somewhat traumatic, but I did not have this postpartum preeclampsia. That sounds pretty awful. Um, anyway, sorry that you experienced that. I am going to suggest that you maybe pay a visit to like an immunologist look, I'm no doctor, but this sounds like this could be some sort of like autoimmune reaction. That's not what you told me this morning when you were pretending to telemedicine with me. Well, you didn't want to continue the conversation because <laughs> you were just like, Imodium! That's it. Thanks. And I ran off yeah. to the drugstore. So like I skipped to the drugstore, you didn't, actually. You didn't want to, you didn't want to hear my, my not a doctor. It's weird that you do that after you're diagnosis. giving medical advice. What? It's weird that you would say that after you gave the advice. No, but I said it before. 
I said it before I gave the advice. I mm. said, I'm not a doctor, but. Mm. Dr. Butt. Dr. Butt. Yep. Um, yeah. So I would maybe see an immunologist or, oh my gosh, there's another doctor, type of doctor that. Funk? Hold on. Dr. Funk? No, let me. All right. So it's not Wait. a funk doctor. I think it is a. I'm looking it up. Looking it up. It's very slow. Yes, a rheumatologist. Oh yeah, I always consult them before I take any of the medications I see on television. Well, rheumatologists treat autoimmune diseases. Yes, I find that you're often consulting your rheumatologist before you take things. So, and you know, you can like autoimmune diseases can affect any like they can affect your skin they can affect various things and guys the largest largest organ on your body is your skin and look again i'm no doctor but i feel like it is possible that your traumatic birth experience and your preeclampsia could have triggered something in your immune system Hmm. i should be a doctor i think you should finally get that phd and be a doctor of... A doctor of the arts. The arts. An Thank arts you. doctor. Dory will now finish her book. <laughs> her second book. Her third book, rather. This one about now how she decided finally to get her PhD. I was thinking I would get an MD. Uh, I mean, look. It seems like... I, don't, I feel like a lot of your earlier credits aren't going to count. But No, none of them saying. will. And I yeah, took yeah. no science in college. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I took astronomy. By the way, that's the least, least surprising thing you've ever said to me. Well, that I took no science in college. Yes. <laughs> I took astronomy and I got a C plus. Well, hey, that is my favorite programming language. Oh, all the guys out there laughing so wow. girls as well. Everyone can program. What is C plus? I guess I meant nerds. Okay. Um now on to it the next C++. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Who knew the real name of it? We all did, but whatever. All right. Next topic of this email. Yes. Now, I must divulge that my husband and I have been loyal Disneyland annual pass holders for years prior to the pandemic. So now are you magic key holders? So I've most definitely got a bias here. But I think while, yes, some of the food at Disneyland is undeniably not great, I think what you're forgetting is that non-Disney amusement parks have notoriously terrible food. This is true. That is a really good point, actually. This is an excellent point, actually, yes. (laughs) Like, Maybe we shouldn't be comparing Disney food to like to food to restaurant food. We should be comparing it to other shitty amusement park food. This is true. This is very true. Now, I don't know much about Universal's options, but if you look at Six Flags or other regional parks, all you're going to get is like crappy burgers and maybe if you're lucky, a decent funnel cake. You're correct. Disney parks do, at least these days, offer lots of options with great atmosphere and sometimes it's pretty great. Yes to the bread bowls. Yes to the corn dogs. Yes to beignets. But have you also considered the fried chicken at the Plaza Inn? No, because I hate fried chicken. Or any of the fudge? I love fudge. Or how about the Monte Cristo in New Orleans Square? Never had it. But I I hear recently now it's only half of a Monte Cristo for the same price. But I feel like you like a Monte Cristo type sandwich. I've never had one. Really? Yeah. Because like they always seem like... I have this like game where I lie to myself about trying to be healthy. Oh, I see. And like Monte Cristo is like a bridge too far mm. where it's like, I can't. Mm, I, I see. can't. Instead, I'll have two bags of beignets. Um, where were we? Oh, and if you really want to try some fun stuff, go to one of the food festivals in California Adventure. Some of the snack size portions 
are phenomenal. Some suck, but we just smile and bear it because Disneyland is life. Well, look, I agree with that statement when it's overcast, below 70 degrees. And um, that's it. Thank you. You know, I would, I would call this reframing the narrative. Well, I think when you, yeah, I mean, it's not something actually I've ever really even thought about doing. I guess you sort of think of Disney as a city in and of itself. Yeah. You know? Well, and like they offer quote unquote fine dining. Well, that is, I've never been to Victorian Alberts, but supposedly, come on. Yeah. Um, finally, my husband and I both grew up in Phoenix and after a five year stint in Chicago, we agreed Phoenix would be a better place to start our marriage because of finances, family and friends nearby, blah, blah, blah. But always with the understanding that we would try someplace new after a few years because I literally become a terrible human April through September from the heat. Yes. And by heat, I mean anything over 85 degrees. Well, look, you're 15 degree higher tolerance than me, but I appreciate what you're saying. After working from home for the last year and a half with no end in sight, we've decided that we want to start exploring our options since we can't seem to make up our minds on where to go. We've come up with a plan. We are renting an apartment in Chicago next summer for a month to get out of the heat. Okay, wait, sidebar. Isn't Chicago really Chicago's, hot in the summer? I mean, they have a hell of a breeze from the uh, lakes, but... It's not like cool there I don't ever think summer. of Chicago as uh, cool. But you live there, so you know better than us. You yeah. live in five years, so... Um, take the baby on a city adventure and just generally... I guess it's cooler than Phoenix in the summer. That's absolutely true. Just generally because we're not ready to completely leave Phoenix. I know you guys are trying to put together an eventual plan for balancing Matt's work ties to LA and your desire to be closer to family in Boston. What if you rented a place in Boston for a month or two each summer so Henry and his cousins still get that bonding time, but you don't have to commit to any one place just yet. Yes, it's expensive, but we're putting money aside every month to save up for it, and we're not renting the most luxurious place in the world. Just someplace we feel comfortable and close to the L. Anyway, just an idea, since as a Phoenician who experienced the housing bubble and burst in 2008, I know that real estate is not the guaranteed safe investment it used to be. <laughs> Thanks for all. You, thank you for all you do, and sorry for the long emails. Extra sorry for all the exclamation points. Listen, Jocelyn, do not apologize. This was a great email. I appreciate all the exclamation points. A lot of points. twists and turns. A lot of twists and turns. A lot of topics covered. Um, Jocelyn is living in 2,100 square feet in Phoenix with one husband, one science baby, and one very old German sh- shepherd mix who is the OG love of my life. Aww. Let's go with 15 hot dogs this year. <laughs> Whoops, there goes lots of minutes from my life, but always beef hot dogs because I follow way too many cute pigs on Instagram. Interesting. Uh, what do you think about this idea of renting a place in Boston for the summer? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'd rent that place in the Cape we one time rented. Yeah, that was. Although a great I believe place. that would cost that would cost twenty thousand so much month. money. <laughs> yeah, for a whole month. Yeah, yeah, that would be crazy. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll look into something. Yeah, this is great. I mean, I mean, that's sort of what we've talked. We talked about buying a place up there instead of and just renting here all year. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, your option seems cheaper. Yeah, and like less of a long term commitment. Mm-hmm. We all know neither of us love a long term commitment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, disco bath time. Dime. Well, you know what? I think it's time to take a break before disco bath time. Well, tune in, everybody. We'll be back with some disco bath time. Um, and I need the voicemail thing. Okay. I don't know. I thought you were still talking about No, I wasn't. I thought we had not thrown a break yet. Oh, I thought we had. Okay. Well, you can throw it a break so you know when we've done it. When we've done it. Okay. Let's take a break. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, we're back. Hello. And disco bath time. This is a text that came in on the wire. Disco bath time. We've done it a lot with our five-year-olds now, only with glow sticks. You can get them at the dollar store, and they make great stocking stuffer, Easter basket stuffer. They're not exactly sustainable. We'll have to try glowing golf balls. Thanks. That's Cassie, Seattle suburbs, two adults, five-year-old boy, 19-month-old baby, uh, science baby girl, uh, and one cat, 2,800 square feet, four hot dogs in 2021. And let me tell you, you're going to do much better with these golf balls. Yeah, we had a discussion about I golf balls versus glow sticks. On Amazon, Dory will link to it on her page so she can get some sort of affiliate money. Do you have affiliate links? Yeah, I have a uh, I have a shop at amazon.com slash shop slash shop slash Dory. Well, there you go. Uh, if you send me the link, I can add it literally right now. Here, I'll literally the one I go because I, you know, I purchased it in August of 20. 20- 21 august 20th and this let me tell you is a hoot you're gonna love it it is 22.95 you can subscribe and save if you really think you're gonna need to and you get one you get six golf balls all different colors and they all when hit light up for eight minutes and we have not had one of them die yet amazing and he plays with them quite a bit that's the beauty of the led so there you go. Go to dory.com slash dory slash net. Amazon.com. Oh, yeah. Slash shop. Yep. Slash dory. Okay. Make sure you get the ones that I'm telling you because there's other ones that aren't great. Thank you. You're welcome. Good day, everyone. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you, Matt. Now, Dana writes in to say, thank you for the Boston advice. You made me reconsider our original plan. We may just rent a car and stay in Salem now instead. It sounds like there's a lot of nice towns to check out nearby. And we can visit Boston properly easily enough another time. Also, it sounds silly to fly into Boston. It's an hour flight. But our flight credit was about to expire. <laughs> Didn't want to completely go to waste. There was no else to fly that felt relatively safe. Lots of direct flights to Florida, for example, uh, the, with a with a, one of those emojis that is uh, very uh, shocked. Uh, thanks again. We're terrified, I would say. Uh, that's Dana. Dana, I think renting a car is a great way to go. That was Dory's original idea. Dory Shafrir, idea lady. Thank you all. Once again. Um, but yeah, the Salem is great. Marblehead, like there's so many like seaside towns and you can have yourself your share of delicious fried whole belly clams. Well, Jared wrote in with some suggestions for Dana. Yes, Jared. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Jared writes, I moved to Boston three and a half years ago, so I'm not born and raised, but I guess I would consider myself a Bostonian now. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think Salem is overrated. Overrated. Go ahead. 
But if that's your thing and it's the day trip you are determined to make happen while up in the Boston area, here's how I would get there. Take Dory's advice and rent a car. Chances are you won't spend the whole day in Salem and this will offer you the freedom to venture out into other areas of the North Shore like Gloucester or Rockport, which are quintessential sleeping New England coastal towns. And you'll be hitting them out of tourist season. So parking anywhere up there should not be an issue. Make a full day of it. Get in the car early. Swing up to Saugus and treat yourself and pick up a couple of donuts from Kane's Donuts and bring them over to Nahant Beach <laughs> where you may get to enjoy watching some frisky dogs run around on the beach chasing seabirds while you indulge in the sugary goodness of Kane's. Make your way up to Salem and see what you are wanting to see. Wow, this guy really hates Salem. I get Salem. it. I get it. Go treat yourself to a lobster roll for a late lunch in Gloucester or Rockport. They might not be open for lobster rolls. Like I feel like a lot of, a lot of lobster shacks are seasonal. Yeah, but there are also, because of these these particularly sleepy towns like Gloucester and Rockport, have stuff for locals year-round. That's true. These are all just suggestions, but I think it would make for a pretty great fall day as long as the weather is cooperative. I have no idea what the rates are for renting a car from Back Bay Station, but you could also look into getting using the rental app Get Around, basically the Airbnb of personal vehicles. Could get better rates and find something more conveniently located near where you choose to stay. Staying in Boston, Matt nailed it by saying the eastern part of Back Bay near the Commons. Could also look into Beacon Hill Airbnbs. Well, I think now they're staying in Salem. Well, look, this is what this is what happens. However, you'll be coming during off-market tourist times. So again, as Matt nailed it, you can consider a hotel because you may get great rates with nicer amenities. Matt nailed it twice. If you're active people and want to see most of the city in a day, consider getting either a day or weekend pass to the Blue Bikes all around oh, Boston. That's nice. Easy way to get from Back Bay to Fenway to Harvard if you are comfortable riding with city traffic, and most times it's much quicker than utilizing the T. Mm -hmm. Could be a little cold on the bike in November, but it's an option. Most of the city does have protected bike lanes, and Google Maps has an option to show best bike routes using those. Wear a dang helmet, though. That is all. Jared, formerly from Brookline in one bedroom, one bath, 700 a square feet, but just Whoa. made the move to Newton Whoa. into 1,400-ish, three bedroom, Whoa. one bath, That's so great. and a dad. Whoa! Probably around seven or eight Costco dogs this year as I make my Costco run every four to five weeks. I am excited by Jared's email. Dora, you nailed it, but I nailed it twice. Thank you. Mm. I'm very proud of me. Okay. Mostly me. Still me. Okay. Well, we got one more um, voicemail about this topic. People okay. have thoughts about Salem and Boston. This is interesting. I like to, I like, I like to hear this. Oh, and when I'm gonna hear it, I'll turn the button on. Oh, okay. And then I'll and then we'll hear it. Here we go. Eh, eh, okay. Hi, this is Kim from Denver calling. In your last episode, two totally separate topics came up that made me realize that Matt might live in the intersection of a Venn diagram that I feel like I'm the only person in, which is people who have been to the Salem Witch Museum <laughs> and are fans of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> so there's a Gilmore Girls episode where an old house gets turned into a Stars Hollow history museum that is this set of ridiculous dioramas. And I, when I first saw that episode, I just thought, oh, my God, this is the Salem Witch Museum. But, of course, all of my friends that watch Gilmore Girls weren't from the Boston area and didn't go to the Salem Witch Museum growing up. And my friends who had been to the Salem Witch Museum weren't watching Gilmore Girls, and there was no one to appreciate the magic of this for me. So I just was hoping that Matt would be able to appreciate that, and I could feel like I wasn't alone in this. You That's are it. I'm not living alone. in 3,700 square feet in Denver with a three-year-old, a five-year-old science baby, a three-year-old black lab, and a husband. 
And, oh, uh, so many hot dogs. Not me personally, but the number of hot dogs being consumed in my house is insane because, again, three- and five-year-olds. Although they're often all these, so I guess they don't count. Uh, I remember that, and I remember Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn? God. Yes, Sean Gunn. His character was there, and it was Taylor Taylor Ducey. Taylor Ducey was the... He opened it up. He's the mm. old... He's the... He's the town uh, busybody, I'll say. Thank you. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Gilmore Girls. Story someday. You'll watch it. Maybe. I feel like it hasn't aged well. I feel like the window for me to have watched it was like 20 years ago. I feel like it hasn't aged well? Yeah. In what sense? I don't know. I feel like I keep seeing people be like, I tried watching Gilmore Girls and it's like super homophobic or like... I don't know various oh, things. That's an interesting thing. I don't know. I'd have to revisit. Seems odd. Uh, look, I don't know. I've never watched it. All right. Well, you can watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. I've decided you can watch it. Thank you. Okay. Um. Now is is it's almost it's pretty much the end of the show. Yep. Dory. Yeah, it is. Because we don't have any more emails. That's true. Um, is this going to work? Yep. Oh, okay. In that case, let's thank the people who did email us first. Say thank you, everybody. Let's extra thank the people who called us. Yep. Extra thanks to you. And let's now extra, extra, extra thanks the people who are in the equivalent of our president circle here. They are supporting us on the Patreon and they're getting up to two bonus episodes every month. Patreon.com slash excellent adventure. You're at the five dollar level or above. Not only do you get that sweet, sweet bonus episode, but you get your name read on the podcast as a thank you each month, and that massive back catalog of episodes. So, thanks to the following folks: Frederick Rois, Greg Watchorn, Greta Truitt, Hannah Crowder, Hillary Berry, Jackie G, Jennifer Steele, Jess Branch, Jesse Hendricks, Jessica Grigsby, Jessica Manolovich, Julia Schulenberg, uh, Julie McLaren, Kane McCall, Karen Thakurshi, Cat C. Catherine Lene. Catherine Shimmons. Katie Regan. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Kim Mestra. Christopher Fanaghi. Kinsey Hamilton. Laura. Laura Dodge. LFB. Liesel. Lindsay Gish. Linnea Wynn. Lisa Travis. Liz. Ma I'm going to say Molly. Male. Sure. Marina Breed. Uh, oh, sorry. Martin Hedegard Peterson. Mary Jo George. Maude Tremblay. Mackenzie Erickson. Magana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Michael Ross. And Michelle Kitts Miller. Oh, my goodness. Thank you all so very, very much. We'll talk to you again next week, and uh, I'll give you all the update on my butt you were hoping for. Bye bye.